In this episode of The Invisible Vote, I'll be speaking with the McPhersons, a mother and her son. We will take a deep dive into the importance of community, equality, family, and voting in what is one of the most pivotal elections of our lives. But more importantly, critical conversations will be shared by these two generations, whose opinions and views on voting may be similar to yours. So welcome to what we call The Invisible Vote. When you look at the numbers of young people and African-American people that didn't vote, that could have swung the last election, it does give you a sense of like, damn, maybe, you know, maybe I should have been on it. All those years that Diddy was doing Rock the Vote and people were, you know, trying to get people to vote, it sounded corny to me. It sounded cheesy to me. It sounded lame to me. But now as I see people putting together things, I see Diddy using Revolt and uh, putting like a hip hop convention together. I feel like our lives depend on it. This is real change happening in the United States. I feel like we've been fighting this civil rights, this equality war for so long. This is just the next step in it. By 2016, only 8% of African-Americans considered themselves Republicans. Is this because for so long, Black people have assumed the Democratic Party has had their back? Is it about passing down voting habits including which political party to vote for? Or is there another reason Black people statistically haven't felt at home in the Republican Party? (laughs) We discuss this and a lot more in today's episode. Stay tuned. My name is Keith McPherson. I am 32, originally from Ocean Township, New Jersey, Monmouth County. My name is Crystal McPherson. I am 60. I'll be 61 in October. And I'm from Ocean Township, New Jersey. Keith, you weren't necessarily an active voter for a period of time. And so I would love for you to walk us through what that mentality was like for yourself and what changed, like what got you to change and why? Yeah, so this would be my first time voting. Again, I'm 32. And I would say this, I would say, you know, since I'm such a sports fan, a sports heavy guy, I used to say, Man, they make it too hard to vote. You know, I could vote for the All-Star game from my phone. I can go on and vote for, you know, who I think should win MVP online. How come, you know, how come I can't go and vote online? Like, if I can't do it online, I'm not going all the way to the poll to do it. I want to say I didn't value it. I felt like it didn't have value to me when I was younger because a lot of the issues and a lot of the things that people were talking about, even, you know, whether it was something I came across on Twitter or Maybe even if I watched a convention, I'm like, "Mm, this stuff does not apply to me. It's got nothing to do with me. It won't affect me. So I'm not voting. My life won't be changed by any outcome that happens, whether I vote or not. And also, you know, when Obama was running, one, I knew he was going to win anyway. And two, (laughs) I thought it was I thought it was kind of backwards to just go vote for someone because we're the same skin color. I felt like. You know, if I didn't have all the information on someone, I wasn't going to go put my vote next to their name. I just felt like I'm going to sit this out. Whatever happens, happens. And it's that young mentality, I would say, just like, ah, this doesn't affect me. This doesn't mean anything to me. My life's not going to change. I could still, you know, go do what I do, party, have fun, watch the game, this and that. Don't matter who's president. Don't matter who's elected officials in my area. And uh, 
the last time when I was 28, I said this, and I, I don't know if my mom remembers it, but my friends do remember it. Cause I said, yeah, I didn't vote this time, but I'm sure by the time I'm 32, there will be something that happens <laughs> or some things that matter to me that will compel me to vote. That will mm. literally move me where I feel like I absolutely have to go vote. And that time mm. is now. How do you feel about that, Crystal? Like, did you understand his sentiment around why he didn't want to do it and why he didn't feel like, you know, why he felt Obama was going to win anyway? You know, what was your energy around that time? So when Obama was running, Keith was coming home from college. It was break time. So I said to him, I need you to go vote. And I said, we got like 10 minutes to get to the polls. And I argued with him and I got him in the car. We walked in and they said, it just closed. Mm. So I said, Keith, even though I didn't talk about politics around my children a lot, right? I went on and voted. I just didn't bring it up a lot. For me, I was busy working, 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 and I didn't bring it up. But when Obama was running, I said, you gotta vote. And I kept mm. talking to him while he was school. And he he just told you what he said about, cause for him about sports. So right. then I thought to myself, well, that's because also I didn't bring it up. Right. You know, it just wasn't important enough for me to bring up because we just didn't have what's going on now to go vote. You could vote and you didn't talk about it as much. You just went and voted. The second year came around for Obama and Keith said, see, you didn't, he didn't need my vote anyway. <laughs> I'm like, but he did. It's not about that. It's about things that we need to change for us right. in the world. So now that Keith said he wants to vote, I'm so happy. And when he said he was voting, I said, what? Even this one, when Trump was running again, I asked him, I talked to my daughter. She's been voting since she could. So I'm just so proud of both of them and all the things that's coming out from it, of him talking. Like he's educating me on some things that I didn't know and I'm still learning. So with me raising my kids in Ocean Township, I was a single parent. I shield them from a lot of things and I just wanted them to concentrate on school, get an education, go to college, I said, because there's going to be a white man that's going to be less educated than you, and he's going to get that job. Mm. So you need to stand up and be higher, and you have to get an education. Right. So I just wanted them to go to school, play sports, make sure they weren't out getting in any trouble. So I shielded them, again, from a lot of things. So you grew up in in an area that's predominantly white in Ocean Township. Right. You know, how did that shape your view on politics? I didn't really have a view on politics growing up. It wasn't really shaped until I got older. And I would say the last few years of just getting to a point where I can really see things clearly, understand things fully and make my own choices and decisions off of what I read and what I hear and Growing up in a predominantly white area, I didn't really realize what it was. Um, I know most of the people in that area come from money. They have means. 
And I know that most of that area is Republican. Almost every year, Monmouth mm. County is a Republican county. But I, I didn't really understand it young. It's something that being older now and being removed from that area, I'm better able to understand just, you know, class of people, income, uh, certain kind of communities. When I was younger, I didn't have to know anything about that. I could be kind of oblivious to it, but now I can't right. be, you know. Crystal, like at that time where he said he was very unaware of the mindset and, and the political view of the area that you guys lived in, how right. aware were you and how did that kind of shape your view on politics? My friends that I was around at that time, we didn't talk politics. Mm. You know, and majority of my friends are white. We did not talk politics. We all just wanted to raise our children. Right. So we didn't talk about who's Republican, who's Democrat. It was time to vote. We went to vote. But what has changed for me a lot was that now social media came out. And so now you got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So people that you did not know where they stood on politics. Now, you know, because now we got Facebook. That that Mm. brings up a good point, Ma. And I wanted to say this on this podcast for sure. Social media. It's in your face now. You can't avoid it now. When I was a little bit younger, whether it was voting for Obama twice, the social media was was building. Instagram wasn't as big. Twitter was out. Facebook was out. But they weren't built the same. The video component has taken off in the last five years. It used to just be people writing a couple of things. It wasn't so in your face. And what you also said about, you know, we didn't talk about politics. Mm -hmm. Yes, for a long time. No. That was something that was private, like your finances, your health, whether you're Republican, Democrat, who you voting for, that's a private matter. But through social media and people oversharing. So now it's not private anymore. It's not public and people do need to be talking about it. And that's where the change came with me, because I am a public person as far as I'm on videos, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on podcasts, I'm on blogs. People see me. And this year I felt the change when I stopped talking about just baseball, the Yankees, football, basketball. And it was around the George Floyd killing. Right. And I hated everything I was seeing on the internet, on the TV, newspapers, even overhearing people's conversations. And I said, hold up. Today, no, we're not doing any baseball, basketball, football today. Today Mm. we're going to talk about some real issues. And as soon as I started doing that, Someone wow. said, stick to sports. Mm. And that struck a chord with me where I was like, wow, these people think I'm here just for their entertainment. Right. I'm not a real person. I don't have family. I'm not a black person. I'm not emotionally compromised right now watching another black man be killed by police. I can't speak on it because you only want to hear about who won the game last night. Okay, no. Now it's time to turn all of these followers and all of these videos and all of this content into some real content. And that's how I kind of got to where I am right now. Crystal, I think you brought up something and clearly it struck a chord. You saw people, people you probably, I'm assuming you knew for a long time. And since you never talked politics with them, you know, you didn't really see where they stood in the world. Correct. And then Facebook comes out and then now you see where they stand. Has this changed your relationship with certain people? Yes, it has. 
Could you explain in what ways? So some people that I was just Facebook friends with and went to high school with, I just unfollowed them and blocked them because they don't need mm. to see any of my stuff and I don't want to see theirs. Right. My closest friends that I've been friends with for over 30 years, I really try not to talk to them because they are Republicans. Mm-hmm. So I try not to talk to them. I know their heart. Right. Do I understand why they voted for this man and they still protect him in every conversation? I don't understand. Mm. But I do not talk to them about politics because I didn't back then. And so I'm not talking to them now about it. I do put my stuff out on Facebook about who I'm running for and who I like. Right. And every so often, my friends will come on, the, my Republican friends, and, and we'll have a little bit of a conversation. But recently, honestly, it stopped. They don't right. come on my page. I don't come on their page. And I see everything they put out. But it has changed a lot. And right. like I said, I just don't understand it. Right. And right. they protect him. They protect Donald Trump. Everything he says and does, they protect him. What's your assumption on why they, why you think they protect him? I honestly, I really don't know because I have asked and they never give me a direct answer. Right. Like there, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example I can give you. There isn't a direct answer. We're talking about a guy who has disrespected women, has disrespected different races, countries. Uh, has a lot of dirt on his name, has a right. lot of different things that we've seen come up that just aren't good characteristics of a person, let alone a leader, the leader of the free world. Oh, and I know one. I know one, Keith. How about with the, uh, they were protecting him with the chlorine, the Clorox. Oh, <laughs> telling people to <laughs> drink bleach. And they protected him, and I put that on my page. And... They protected him and said he didn't mean it like that. Right. And I asked, why do you always protect what he says? He did mean it like that. That's exactly what he said. No, he didn't. You just read into it wrong. I said, no, I didn't. He worded it wrong. No, he didn't word it wrong. He worded it exactly the way he said it. Right. So I don't, me personally, I don't want to get in arguments with my friends. Right about Donald Trump on an app in your phone. Right. So much can can be taken out of context as well. Yes. Yes. Keith, I want to ask a little bit about like, so, you know, it's my understanding that your wife is white and you see how the racial politics in America are shaping America today, to be honest, you know, and how, how can voting and policy help shape and mold your future kids life, you know, knowing that they'll, be raised in an America that's so black and white. Uh, As it stands in 2020, I feel like this is the most racially charged year that I can remember. Maybe there were some years in the 90s when I was a kid, some other times, but this is the most racially charged year that I've been a part of as far as you are seeing just outward racism. You are seeing terrible acts of racism, of hate, on both sides, you're seeing people online, you know, just back police brutality. You see right. someone get shot, you see someone lose their life and you you go under the comments and the replies and there's people justifying it. There's people looking for every other reason 
besides this person didn't deserve this. And um, right. for me, yes, my, my fiance, soon to be my wife, is white. And when we have conversations, we talk about, okay, what is this like for mixed people right now? What is this going to be like for our kids that are going to come home and mommy is white and daddy is black and they just heard some foul, you know, like who knows what they heard about black people when they stepped out or who right. knows what the black people might have said about the white people or who knows what they read in their phone or saw on TikTok or whatever. Right. So what I'm trying to do is really like get to a place where there's unity, get to a place where it isn't so black and white. I don't know how it got so black and white, you know, even with Republican Democrat, someone said to me, oh, you're just a Democrat. You're, you're I'm like, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I never voted. You're assuming I'm a Democrat because I'm black. And like that, that just that right. in itself is wrong. So I'm trying to get to a point where there's unity, where it isn't so black and white. And I feel like we can't vote for people that are divisive. We can't vote for people who are consistently putting a battery in the backs of people that spew hate, that do ridiculous things in the act right. of patriotism, in the act of MAGA, make America great again. And so Donald Trump did that, exactly what you said. When right. he started running, I'm, that's it was what I'm like you said. To. That's what I'm alluding to. When you see someone like a 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse drive across state lines from Illinois to Wisconsin and take matters into his own hands, murdering two people with an assault rifle, a 17-year-old kid, then you look up his Facebook and his background. This guy was in like a militia. He's right. got American flag stuff. He's talking Blue Lives Matter. He's talking MAGA. That's what all these school shooters you see. Like in the past couple of years, they shut they shut schools down. So we right. don't have any school shootings this year. But in the past couple of years, you look at these school shooters, they all have the same kind of background. Who is pumping them up? The leader of this country. And they live in this country thinking this land is my land and all this patriotism. And it's divisive. Right. It's not right. And I want to get to a place where we at least have leaders that aren't stirring the pot the wrong way. Move us forward, bring people together, unite the country, don't divide. Right. So we need to, as Americans, get to a better place. And I wanna to get to a better place where black people, white people, there, it's not such a hard line of black, white. You know, I've dealt with racism my entire life, still dealing with it. Right. And right. I, I, you know, I see the NFL, their, their big thing is end racism this year. You see it on the officials hats, you see it in the end zones. And I'm like, that's a lofty task. <laughs> if, if black people could have ended racism, we would have done it already. It's going to take <laughs> white people to step in and be allies and say enough is enough. And we're not going to get there with the leader of the free world, the president adding fuel to the fire of the people that want to divide and make America great again. What was great about the 1960s? What was great about mm. oppression, you know, systematic oppression? What was great about redlining? What's great about basically the cards being stacked against so many African-American people in this country where they're in a legit trap from the second they're born. And a lot of them end up dead or in jail and just right. not, not with the same opportunities as everyone else. And this whole country is supposed to be based on freedom, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Like, let's get there. Let's, let's finally try and get there. Preach. <laughs> I want you to take us back, you know, back back in time and, and really just let us know how did you get so interested in voting in the first place? When I was 18, my mother moved back here to Jersey and I, I had my first child. 
And when I moved out of her home, I knew I needed to vote because now I'm, I'm an adult. I have a child. I got to set an example. So I started voting then. And I had to call my mom and, and ask her, well, Ma, I want to vote. So are we Democrat or Republican? So she told me, just start watching CNN. Hmm. And I'm a Democrat, she told me. So I said, okay. So with me not even knowing anything about them, my first one, I started voting Democrat. Mm. I wasn't paying attention as much, but I always had CNN on because my mother told me to watch that. Mm -hmm. Then as years going on and on, things started to change more and more. Now, Keith had said to me, I should watch 13 on Netflix. So when I watched that and saw that the Clintons, when that knock, knock three, when they put that law in, when they were running, I don't remember a lot of that. Mm. So I was like, wow. Just to follow up on that, and you talked about Black people voted Democrat. Do you feel like a lot of people your age, especially around that time, that was just, you just kind of assumed Democrats had your best interests at heart? Yes. And that's why you yes. just kind of voted. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So it was like that for everyone pretty much in your time? Um, yes. Do you feel like now that you're looking at all of this information that your son and your daughter is sending you, do you feel like you could possibly vote for a candidate that wasn't Democrat? Well, as of right now, what Donald Trump is saying, I wouldn't vote for him. He does not have our back. I don't, he keeps saying that he's done all this for Black people. He said, what you have to lose. Well, obviously, we had a lot to lose. Right. Because he's in office. I like what the Democrats are doing for us. Right. He's trying to get rid of health care. Um, he's in court now trying to get rid of that and, t and saying he's not. Yes, he is. Right. It's still in court. Right. But it's still there. So, so uh, I'm voting for Democrat. Right. Donald Trump is not saying anything I want to hear. It's, right. more, it's more like this for me with this election, right? In the last election, I didn't vote for Hillary, who was the Democrat, just because I felt like it was choosing the lesser of two evils and I'm not going to choose an evil. Fast forward four years, I wish I chose the lesser of two evils. I wish more people chose the lesser of two evils. Right. Having a candidate in Hillary Clinton that had already spent time in the White House, I think would have been a lot more beneficial to the country. I think maybe we could have dodged some things, could have certainly avoided some racial things and some other unfortunate yeah. circumstances. And then now with Joe Biden, it's not that I'm a huge Joe Biden fan or I'm endorsing him. I don't think the guy is spectacular, but I don't need him to be a public speaker. If we're choosing again, the lesser of two evils, it's the lesser of two evils for me to vote Democrat, vote Joe Biden. The first time I'm voting, I'm damn sure not voting for Donald Trump. And after what this guy put together for four years, I think you gotta be absolutely crazy to want another four years of this. You know, when Donald Trump started to run for presidency, now I watched The Apprentice. I liked him on The Apprentice. So I like Donald Trump. 
So when he was starting to run, I was like, okay, let me see what he has to say. But then when he started talking and calling names and just, just, just out of his mouth, the things he was saying, I was like, you can't talk like this. But then his followers was like, oh, cause he got guts and he, he can put them in their place. No, some things are, are meant to be kitchen talk. Talk right. that behind the scene. Like we don't want to hear that. Not anymore. Not with this social media, not with everyone oversharing. And it's unfortunate. This country got duped. This country is obsessed with celebrity. This country is obsessed with followers. This country is obsessed with people they think are rich and famous. Donald Trump was always rich and famous. He was able to steal the election because people knew who he was. He was recognizable. When you talk about Apprentice, right? There was a meme that said you wanted a reality TV host as your president. Now you're on Survivor. Mm. Like, you, like mm. Americans got True. so obsessed with this guy when he was running and calling people names. It was entertainment value. It was shock value, right? It was funny. There it were little funny. kids. There was a there was a, a young black kid who his mom got at him because she asked him, "Who are you voting for?" And he said, Donald Trump proudly. And supposedly maybe he got whooped, he got reprimanded, whatever. And when they got down to it, he just said like, oh, he's funny. I see his memes. Mm. There are no, there's no Joe Biden no memes. There's no, no policies. Hillary, there's no gifts. No policies. Right? There's gifts of Donald Trump. That's why I say they got the merch. They got the hats. They got, they got the flags. You see it more. So people are really just rocking with what they recognize, That's what they know. That's a good know. point right there, Keith. You know, because I just said that to one of my friends. I said, hey, I'm on my way to work. And this guy got Donald Trump on his car. I said, everywhere you go. So why do you got to rep it so hard? That's what I'm exactly. it's, right. it's unfortunate because it represents the same group. It's the same calling card. You don't see too many black people with Trump stuff. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen any brothers with a Trump hat or a Trump 2020 flag. It's this group of people that they have this sense of pride, this sense of, like I said, nationalism, right? I told someone they, they took down all the Confederate flags and replaced them with Trump flags. There's a group of people that rep this so hard, it's almost a way of saying everything without saying anything at all. Right. If you see this Trump flag, if you see this MAGA hat, you know right. what I'm about without me having to tell you that. Is it is the is there any issue that you guys, as far as politically disagree on, that you know? Oh, absolutely. What's oh, what we disagree on is how I, I just got a handful that I can count my hand of, of friends that stand by Donald Trump. And so we argue about that a little bit. Yeah. But I think he's asking, is, is there any is there any issue coming up that we disagree on? Like, I don't know, defunding the police, uh, education reform. Um, well, no, we agree. I think we pretty much see eye to eye on yeah, we, the main we need, issues. Right. But do you do you think do you think she should stop being friends with the individuals yeah. who are still support Trump? Like my energy, <laughs> my energy is like I I deaded a lot of relationships this year, and I I cut a lot of people off, which I was just like, I didn't need you anyway, because for me, like I said, this is the most racially charged year. Some people showed their true colors to me this year, where I was like. Man, <laughs> like if, if you're looking at me any differently or if you if you even feel that kind of way, then like you can't rock with me. We should have never been even around each other. And so for my mom, 
I'm like, hey, keep the energy the same. Keep the same energy. If they got all of this negative energy, like when, if I see you talking about, yeah, Black Lives Matter protesters are rioters, looters, they're, they're, they're agitators, and you never went to a protest, you're just lumping people in and uh, assuming something, or you're stuck in the burbs, taking what you heard on the news and putting that out, you're generalizing. And I, like, I can't rock with you if, if you speak like that without knowing. I've been in the streets. I've been in the protests. I've marched. I've yelled. I've screamed with different people. I, you know, I've been in the field with it. So you can't speak to that if you, if you never did that. And for me with my mom, I'm like, okay, at 60, what do you need these people for? <laughs> so there was one friend that I had to stop being friends with. I disassociated with myself with. And it was two things she did. And I said, now that's the last time she gets a pass mm. where my friends are saying, but she's not racist. I said, the first one, she said something to me about Rosa Park. I said, and now this one she put on Facebook and said she's tired of seeing Black Lives Matter. Like, really? I, well, we, I'm black. Right. Our lives don't matter to you. Right. She disrespected so, Rosa Parks. Right. You took it all the way back to Rosa Parks. <laughs> right. That was the you first thing. about Rosa Parks not wanting to get up out of her seat. That's no, what we're no, going like. No, the joke was, and see, this is how uh, some people think it's okay. They get a pass. The joke was I was sitting in the back. And she made a joke and said, come on and don't sit there in the back like Rosa Parks. Hmm. I said, what? Yeah, it's not funny. So she thought that was funny and that it was okay. And I addressed it with her after she said it. Um, when the class was over, I, you know, I told her about how I felt about it right. and that it was racist. And if she was working somewhere publicly, she would be fired. She says, well, I wouldn't say it out there. I only say it to you. And I said, Oh, and you think it's okay to say it to me because I'm black? I said, it's not funny. It's being right. disrespectful. Right, right. And so I gave her a pass. And then the second one was that. And I said, no, that's it. No more she passes. Get another pass. No more passes because that's how this stuff continues. A lot of my, right. my white friends said, Keith, how do I help? How can I be an ally? How can I, can I help change what's going on? I said, yo, if somebody's cracking little racial jokes, dead that. Check them. Right? Yeah, but then one of my friends who likes Trump, when I told her how I felt about all this that's going on, because we sat down and talked, she says, I love you. She says, you want me to go with you to a protest? I'll go. That's what I want here. Right. Be open to it. Right. right. So I got one more question. Keith, what do you want to tell your mom right now, especially in the area of voting, what she meant to you in getting you this involved and passionate? I'll never forget it. Uh, I'll never forget how many times she stressed, you need to vote, you have to vote. And it, I wasn't hearing her. It didn't resonate with me. I'll never forget her physically getting me in the car, driving me to the pole, us walking in and them looking at us like, nah, that 10 minutes that you see on the clock is not 10 minutes. We're done here. This is rap. You can't vote. And me just being like, whatever, I didn't care to vote anyway. But like, really, that's not the way to look at the situation at all. This is your right to vote. You're an American. You shouldn't be so nonchalant or cavalier with your right to help change things, with your right to show up and, and voice how you feel and check yes, check no, endorse someone, sure not endorse someone. I'm, I'm quite sure I said things like, you know, people die for us to, to vote. 
I, mean, you know, because I, I talk a lot of that. stuff. I just don't remember a lot. It's, yeah, I, I don't. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, people die for a lot of things, but for me, and as far as my mom's concerned, she never once was like, "Oh, I don't care if you vote," or like, and you know, she didn't. She didn't force it on me, but she did when when we got around the time say you have to vote, you have to vote. And now, with Hillary not beating Donald Trump, and me not really feeling that in 2016, but me feeling it at the end of his term in 2020. It's like a lesson learned. It's like, okay, I get it now. I hear you now. I'm old enough now. I'm mature enough now. I will vote every time I get a chance to vote. I will speak out and encourage others to vote. And I will 100% tell people that my first time voting, I am not voting for Donald Trump. And if you're voting for Donald Trump, you're bugging out. And then, Crystal, how do you feel hearing your son talk about your impact on his pretty much something for the rest of his life and, and how you dragging him and, and, you know, and bringing him to the polls and, and, and reminding him how that impacted him now. Like, how does it feel hearing him talk about that? Um, again, I'm proud of him. Like he had said earlier, it's never too late. I knew he would get here. I just didn't know when. And like he said, I, I never told him, uh, not to vote. I always encourage him to vote, but I did right. not say you have to be a Democrat or a Republican. I just said, you got to vote, right. you know? So like, look at, find the information, look at it. And you know how they send this stuff in at home, um, through the mail. I might've thrown all that out and said, look, you know, look at the candidates, but you have to vote. It's very important that right. you vote. Cause if he did something, I said, don't complain. You didn't vote. Right. So don't complain about something that's going wrong or something you don't like. So I'm very yeah. proud of and when, when you look at the numbers, when you look at the numbers of young people and African-American people that didn't vote, that could have swung the last election. It does give you a sense of like, damn, maybe, you know, maybe I should have been on it. All those years that Diddy was doing rock the vote and people were, you know, trying to get people to vote. It sounded corny to me. It sounded cheesy to me. It sounded lame to me. But now as I see people putting together things, I see Diddy using Revolt and uh, putting like a hip hop convention together. I feel like our lives depend on it. We lost a lot of lives this year to COVID-19. We saw yeah. a lot of change in this country due to the way that, you know, police brutality is being caught on video time and time again. Businesses for the first time, I feel like had to really make statements based on race and based on how they felt like this is real change happening in the United States. I feel like We've been fighting this civil rights, this equality war for so long. This is just the next step in it. This is just the next part of, in it. And voting, I feel like if we can vote out Donald Trump, I feel like if we can move forward to the next era, Biden and Harris, I'm not saying that they're the, the greatest people. I'm saying mm -hmm. that anyone is better than Donald Trump. We, we can't do another four years of Donald Trump and we will get to a better future sooner going with the next candidates. And you I know feel what? like- I don't understand why people can't feel the energy that he brings. It, they can, but they love it. Like that. Like there's a lot of people no, that like they, it. They, they enjoy mm. it. It's for me. I see a lot of people say, "Yeah, well, the, the silent majority majority backs Trump. It's the silent majority that's voting Republican." Y'all not silent. We see no, your flags. Not. We see your hats. The silent majority is all the people that Donald Trump has offended in the last exactly. four years that exactly. are going to show up. They don't have a flag. Loud. They don't have right. social media, but they're going to show up and say, no, we can't do four more years of this. And that's the type of energy I'm trying to put out. Joe Biden does not have to be Barack Obama, but 
He has to be the next in line to help create change in this country so this United States can actually live out what it's supposed to be about. Right. We want to wrap right now, but we got one more question, and it's for you, Crystal. What advice would you give to a mother who wants to get her son or daughter politically involved? At what age? Teenager. They're trying to get their teenager who's about to be 18, who has, you know, wrong attitudes about voting. So now at this point, I I feel like at the age of 18, like when Keith was going into college, um, you have to sit down and talk to them. You have to let them also know the Republican Party and the Democrat Party and let them choose who they want to vote for. Because my daughter wanted Bernie. She wasn't going for who I was going for. And we, we talked about it. So it's very important that they sit down and talk and, and stress how important voting is in your life. Right. Even when because you're going to have kids one day and they need to vote. And it's not just for because a lot of people say it. I said it when I was younger. It's not going to affect me, but it does. And you have to stress that that voting does affect your life all the way down to the towns, down to voting for the chief of police and and in the courts. All all that counts. Right. So you got to start it all there, not just at the top for the White House. It, it got to You got to tell them about all of it. Make sure to check out ABF Creative's newest podcast, The Invisible Vote. Subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Want more information on The Invisible Vote or even how you can participate in the podcast? Head over to InvisibleVote.com and make sure that you vote on November 3rd.